As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is, I hope, not too much of a cop-out answer, but I do always tell people, honestly, meeting others has always been what I remember most, like the people I've met. And thankfully, we're in a state where Wisconsinites know hospitality. (laughs) Put yourself out there and go meet people because that's going to be the thing you remember, not necessarily the museum tour. It's going to be the who you talked to when you went to the bar by yourself and (laughs) what were the locals like. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is definitely Milwaukee. Conversations with the movers and shakers that put our slice of Wisconsin on the map in the worlds of entertainment, business, sports, and more. I'm Carl Deffenbaugh. So much to explore right in our own backyard. For more than 30 years, Discover Wisconsin has shown off the best that our state has to offer. The people, the places, the things that make Wisconsin special. And for seven years, Mariah Haberman has served as one of the show's hosts. The Evansville native and UW Oshkosh product joined me to discuss what drew her back to her home state, some of her wildest experiences over the years, like hang gliding over whitewater, and why she's a huge proponent of traveling abroad all by yourself, at least once in life. One note, we did tape this before the coronavirus pandemic, so no mention of that, but we do have all kinds of great recommendations for where you should go and what you should do when we can travel again. So let's hit the road with Discover Wisconsin's Mariah Haberman. We are hanging out here at the Fox 6 uh, very special podcast studios here with Mariah Haberman of Discover Wisconsin. This is basically a broom closet, but thank you very much for joining us. It's this a is very great. big broom closet, I would say. Yeah. You could yeah, fit a like lot of it. brooms here. Yeah, you could. <laughs> we are going to get into uh, all sorts of stuff about Discover Wisconsin, about your story as well, kind of coming mm-hmm. up through this great program that showcases our state each and every week, and we can say here on Fox 6 as well, yes. in addition to a number of stations around the state, around mm-hmm. the Midwest also. But I'd love to start with this because you get to try and do and explore so many different places. You were just telling me a hang gliding story. Yes. Let's start with something fun right <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> a brand new experience for you through the show. Yeah, and I will say, seven years into this job, it's getting more and more rare to be able to do shoots that are just completely new experiences. So this was one. I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous, but Brian, one of our producers, asked, would you go hang gliding? And I, I said, I've got to do it. Yes, <laughs> I've got to do it. And in Whitewater, I believe it's the only place you can actually go like professionally, like, go hang glide cool. with professionals. Which is the only way I want to hang live. No, you definitely (laughs) don't want to go go with the amateur. (laughs) And I just, you know, I went. It was very easy. I did a little bit of an instruction with my teacher. We went up and um, it was just, it's like this weird mix of 
adrenaline, but also weirdly, as I was kind of explaining earlier, weirdly calming. You kind of have this zen because the cool thing about hang gliding is there's no motor. Oh, yeah. So a lot of people get, I think, hang gliding confused with like paragliding sure. and hang gliding. There's no motor. You're literally gliding through the sky. And my instructor made me feel better because I, of course, asked about like the accident rates. And it is, he said it's very safe, but he said, what's cool about hang gliding is you don't just like, you can't, it's impossible to fall out of the sky. Yeah. Because you're actually like, you're, gl you're gliding all the way down to the ground. You're that not going so straight cool. down. He can definitely control it and do some roller coaster stuff, which <laughs> I was not a huge fan of. <laughs> but you'll see that in the GoPro footage in the yeah. episode. But it was one of the coolest things I've got to do for the show. It's a great sure. example of all the things that you do get to explore and try thanks to the show. I am pretty spoiled. For people way. who maybe are not familiar, uh, what is Discovery Wisconsin? What do you guys do on a, a weekly basis for our uh, viewers? Yeah, so it is a weekly episode, a weekly show. It's a 30-minute program that airs across the Midwest. A lot of people here in Wisconsin don't realize it actually is Midwest. And then, of course, it streams online, too, worldwide, believe it or not. And um, we, our whole objective is to promote tourism to the state of Wisconsin. A lot of people think it's, you know, I, I just go on vacation for a living. I know that's what it looks like. And some days it does feel like that. But what really, it really, I feel like my purposes with the job is to bring people to the state and get them spending money in some towns yeah. all across the state. You know, that's, it sounds way less sexy saying <laughs> it like that, but honestly, Tourism is one of the biggest industries in the state of Wisconsin. A lot of people don't also realize that. And when you go into towns, you know, I know Milwaukee, Madison get a lot of love, yeah. and Door County and Wisconsin Dells, but there are towns like Whitewater and, you know, like Ashland, Wisconsin, and Eagle River and Cable, Wisconsin. And I love going in there and bringing our TV cameras because a lot of those communities for a show to come there is a really big deal. And so it's exciting when we, when we, uh, put a show out there, and then we talk to the local tourism uh, chamber or CVB and ask, you know, what what'd you hear? They're like, our phones were off the hook this Neat. weekend because people watched you go kayaking down our local river and are asking for, you know, guides and maps and things of that nature. That's really, to me, what it's all about. And I, I will add, getting locals, getting Wisconsinites to... Uh, explore their own backyards. Yeah. I love when we host or when we produce a show, put it out there, and someone writes to me or comes up to me in person and says, I've lived here my whole life, and I had no idea that park was 10 minutes down the road, <laughs> and now I'm going. And that's cool. Yeah. I think that's a really powerful thing, and that's you know one of the reasons why I love what I do. One of the fun things uh, for me preparing for this is I was watching some clips and listening to interviews and things like that. I love yeah. traveling, and I end up going kind of farther afield. But mm -hmm. it was just a reminder that I don't have to book a plane trip somewhere, or get on a long car trip. You can find so much to do right here. Yeah, in the you state. don't have to. And I do encourage that that right, as well. I right. just got back from Costa Rica on Saturday. <laughs> I'm a big fan. So maybe of you travel. do travel for a living. Oh, I do. I know. I know. I am. I'm. I love travel. Yeah. I always have. And but I. I think the job has been an important lesson for me, too, because I've always been one to think that same thing, which is I need to go to Australia to get an adventure. Right. It's like, sure, you can do that and you should do that if you can handle the flight. Right. But um, there's some there's just, you know, and there's it's so laid back as far as getting to all these places. You don't have to deal with the mess that you have to deal with when you are going a lot further. 
Um, and then it's easier to take along people you love to go experience yeah. places that are only 10 minutes away or two hours away or even, you know, four hours sure. all the way up north. What cool. do you guys kind of look for in in towns, in areas, in segments for the show or for an episode that makes it pop, makes it separate and, and kind of attracts the viewers? Yeah. For us, for the crew, it's really about that surprise factor. You know, we will go into towns and, of course, there's snowmobiling and kayaking and we'll feature those things. But what I'm always asking the locals, you know, when they'll say something like, we're a four-season destination, well, everybody is. So what can we do to dig deeper and find that thing? Why would why would a viewer or why would a traveler come to Wausau instead of northern Minnesota? Like, let's find that thing that really draws them in. So we're constantly looking for any type of story or just straight up visual or soundbite that really is going to convince and inspire our viewers that this particular destination we're showcasing is unlike any other destination. Mm. And here's why. Yeah. You can tell kind of the work and the preparation that goes into yeah. each episode as well. Then I was going to ask about that. Uh, you're We're taping this at the beginning of a, a relatively new season here in 2020. You said you're airing more episodes than you've ever done before, yes, right? Yes, we are. So we're premiering 25 this year. Wow. I don't think we're going to do that many this year. <laughs> we want to be ambitious, yeah. but that was a lot. Uh, typically, we do 18 to 22 episodes okay. per season, most of which, as you would probably guess, is shot from about June through October. I was going to ask how that Yeah, works. we do film year-round. Yeah. Um, but I will say, you know, someone, I get asked, where are you filming right now? I'm like, honestly, I haven't had a single shoot this entire month because I do a lot of other things for the show. Yeah. I will say, like, during the summer, we're out shooting every single day. Sometimes we have two or three different crews out yeah. in, in any given part of the state of Wisconsin. And you'll kind of check back in with, let's say you're featuring a certain town, you'll check back in throughout the season then or, or do those do. shoots over a series of, of, of time periods so you can feature kind of the best of the best. Yes, we try to because so many of our episodes feature multiple seasons. Yeah. So that's why when we tell people we shoot a year in advance, they're like, what? That's crazy. Well, when you want to feature and we when we go to a town like Whitewater and we figure out what we want to showcase, there might be something around Halloween, which there is in this episode, a really fun one that we want to feature, but there might also be hang gliding in the summer. Sure. So we've got to figure out how to do both, which yes, means we're, we're filming anywhere from six to 12 different shoot days over the course of roughly nine months. So gotcha. it's Very a cool. commitment. Of a what project. is some of uh, the, the history of Discover Wisconsin too? Because it's been this institution now for over three decades, but I understand yeah. it started uh, as kind of that. It's yeah. From there. It, it, I love how it started. I actually, I hate to say this. I'll get some eye rolls saying this. So it started before I was born, a year before I was born. Um, what year? Back 80, so I was born in 88. Okay. The show started in 87. All right. It's as old and, as I yeah. am. We'll go, we'll go with that. <laughs> I know. I always feel, I, when I say it, I get groans from, from some of our sure. viewers. But, um, but yeah, it is, it's been around a long time. In other words, so it, it started in, it was actually an idea in 86. Our late founder, his name was Dick Rose. He was a fishing guide up in the Bylas County area. And he was pretty good friends with Tommy Thompson before Tommy became governor. Yeah. So those two were out fishing together. It sounds like just some weird fishing myth story, <laughs> but it's true. Um, I fact checked it. They were out fishing together and the two guys were like, we should, you know, Tommy knew he was going to run for governor and he said, like, let's do it. When I become governor, I'll help fund the show through the public sector. He actually, I believe, launched the Wisconsin Department of Tourism. We didn't oh, wow. have an official department before him, I don't think. 
Um, and then Dick Rose, the fishing guide, is the one who really owned the program. So he went out and found the other half of our funding via the private sector. So back then we were funded by the state, and that's a big misconception now is people think that we're backed by okay. the Department of Tourism, but we're not. Um, we work with them for sure, and that's that's Travel Wisconsin, so yeah. we get mixed up with them a yeah. lot. But you all have similar goals. Yeah, as well. we do some very similar yeah. goals. Yeah, um, but that was really kind of how the whole thing started. Mm. And then we added a radio show, and of course, the internet came along, and then yeah. social media. Back then, I love watching really old shows because at the end, first of all, the on-screen graphics like crack me up. <laughs> but at the end, they have a one eight like for more information, call one eight hundred vacation or something like yes. that. Like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine having to answer those voicemails <laughs> right. every week. Now it's like Twitter and Facebook and, you know, all and the a podcast and a as podcast. well. We should mention you yeah. guys just launched yours, which was great background for me. There's yeah. already some great episodes out there Good. that you guys are doing, kind of diving deeper into some of the towns, some of the stories yes. and things. And thank you for suffering through a lot of rambling. That's been the fun <laughs> part is I obviously am chatty. You can probably tell that. What? Um, no. But I can only be so chatty on the show because I've got to edit out my sure. stuff. And then I'm like, why'd you guys edit out X, Y, or Z thing with the podcast? They can't, like, there's less of that because we all have fun. So it's been a little, it's been more um, fulfilling for me personally. Like, where's all this gold material going? Yeah, I gave you guys some great puns. Where are those? Um, No, it it has been so fun. I know everyone's dipping their toe into the podcast world right now. And I am frankly really happy about it because I do think, first of all, I wake up every morning with podcasts now. That's like over the past year or two, I like, that's how I get ready. I pick out what I want to listen to. I love that people are doing it more locally. It's fun to get some local content. And, you know, people just, they ask me and our other hosts all the time, what was this thing really like? Did you actually eat that cheeseburger? Everyone always asks me if I actually eat the food I eat. I'm like, of course I (laughs) do. Like, why would I not eat that gourmet cheeseburger? They'll just ask all these fun questions and like they want the inside scoop. And so this podcast felt like the perfect way to give especially our most loyal long-term fans, a little bit of a sneak behind, you know, the curtain of yeah. what we do every day. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, fun. it's called The Cabin, by the way. I should have mentioned that. The you can cabin. find it on all the regular podcast platforms, yes. Apple, Spotify, yes, things exactly. like that. The yeah. Cabin from Discover Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, I should ask you, and I don't think this is too inside baseball since we're both kind of in media, but mm-hmm. how has the ability to put your show anywhere kind of changed the way you guys do things, the way you maybe – focus on segments or things like that because it's not just stations in Wisconsin and the Midwest like you said it, the show's available on YouTube you can have this global reach really yeah. putting eyes on Wisconsin which has been strange even the podcast I was just looking at the analytics and we've got people we have as many people listening from Senegal as we do Canada <laughs> Which shocked Go me. Figure. I know. I was like, interesting. But I mean, Australia, like not a ton, yeah. but I mean, of course, it's very Midwest based, but still seeing people t- like stream the show or the podcast from Italy and Spain. Um, it has changed things. I think the biggest thing for me over time is, you know, back in the day, I think when you put a TV show out there, for the most part, people would watch it because that there was just way less competition yeah. for content. And nowadays, you really got to fight for it. So when I talked earlier about us finding that surprise factor for the show, that's not just a wish for. That is like we need to find things that are really going to excite and inspire and be just interesting to our viewers, many of whom know the state very yeah. well. So, and they'll, they'll tell us, you know, here, feature this, do this. And I love that because I want to give people content that they're going to 
consume. Yeah. So, um, and hopefully continue to to watch or listen to over the, over time. So, I think that's been the biggest thing is just being even more in tune. Because even though it's harder to get your, con- I mean, it's not harder to get your content. It's harder to pull people in because sure. there's so much competition. It's also great that we're able to get feedback non sometimes I mean I want the feedback but most days I'm good (laughs) most days I love getting that feedback with tv at least you know before even I guess we had our 1-800 number but you don't get that option as much to hear like are people liking what we're putting out there they didn't know you can kind of cater to the viewers yeah you have an idea what people want what they want I think so yeah Yeah. how about some of your story how did you get in this you're a Wisconsinite right born and raised I was born and raised in south central Wisconsin I'm from Evansville and Rock County I have a fun Evansville fact for anyone um it it's um got one of the I think the highest amount of Victorian homes in the state of Wisconsin. There you go. I I produced a show on it. I'm like, gosh, I should have that fact more ready to go. Um, So I went to UW Oshkosh. So I thought about going into TV, but at that time I thought it was a very unrealistic career path. (laughs) No one one makes it in TV. (laughs) So I kind of shelved the idea. I went to school. I ended up majoring in journalism and was an advertising PR Um, emphasis. And I was at the time competing for Miss Oshkosh, Mm. which was up there a pretty big, I didn't know anyone who did pageants in Evan, like in my hometown, but in in Oshkosh, it was kind of a a big community event that I knew girls who did it. It's a scholarship thing, blah, blah, blah. Well, that was the scariest, but also most life-changing thing I ever did. I ended up, it ended up being a three-year endeavor into the Miss Wisconsin program, which kind of got the TV thing floating back to the top of yeah. my mind. And I knew that Discover Wisconsin was looking, kind of looking for a host. And I ended up messaging someone I kind of sort of knew who was like the webmaster there. Got to work and the connection I know you've got to figure it out. Right? Literally, I laugh because I actually sent him a Facebook message saying, you know, I have this title. It was Miss Wisconsin Central at the time. And I, I sent, I said, would you guys let me guest host an episode? And which was so brazen of me to like, I can't believe I sent that. <laughs> and they forwarded it on to uh, someone who actually made decisions, my old boss, Chad, and they kept in touch with me for a year and a half. And eventually they were like, fine, come in for an audition. I thought it was horrible. I thought my audition was terrible, but apparently it was fine enough. And they ended up hiring me. I do always tell people when I, when people ask about my, my kind of backstory, I and people are interested in going to TV, I say, diversify your skill set. Because mm-hmm. I think everyone wants to be on TV, or a lot of people do. But I always tell others, like, get good at a lot of things. Yeah. Because you don't, you, no one's usually just hiring a host. Like, yeah. I had to convince them to hire me because I was really good at social media and marketing. And that's what they really wanted. Yeah. And then I got to host on the side. And from there, it kind of just evolved. And so. to take people behind the scenes, before we started taping this, you were hard at work doing a lot of other responsibilities <laughs> that do not end up on air That in is definitely, I know. It, it's really 90% of my job. Yeah. I know people think I just travel all the time with, like, the camera crew behind me. But, yeah, it is. And every on-camera person I've met is like that. Yeah. They're doing the podcast, you know, they're one-man bands. They're figuring it out. It's like, yeah, it's it's extremely hard work, but very rewarding at yeah, the same time. Not exactly the glamorous life that some no, people think, really, but it no. is very fun, very rewarding. <laughs> very fast-paced. I guess we should get into some of that stuff, too. Let's let's have some fun with some of the experiences you've gotten to have now over seven years, right? Starting yeah. in 2013 mm-hmm. with Discover Wisconsin. Yes. Uh, I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but are there certain experiences? You mentioned hang gliding already, but certain things that come to mind when people ask you, like, okay, you're hanging out at the bar with some friends. Like, what's the coolest thing you got to do this year, that year? You know, something yeah, like that Yeah, so, yeah, last year year the hang gliding thing was definitely one of the Takes more the interesting cake, yeah. things I did but um 
Gosh, what else? I think I this is, I hope not too much of a cop-out answer, but I do always tell people, honestly, meeting others has always been what I remember most, like the people I've met. Because you can have the most exciting, fast-paced, adventurous destination, but if you're treated poorly or like someone's not that into you guys being there, yeah. that sticks in your mind. And thankfully, we're in a state where this, like Wisconsinites, no hospitality. <laughs> so it is a very rare occasion that you're not treated well, which is awesome because that's not the case every, you yeah. know, everywhere. But that is what I, I think the lesson there, at least for me, was like put yourself out there and go meet people because even I've done some solo travel abroad, which was very scary for me. But my that was kind of what I relearned when I did that was like just go meet people because that's that's going to be the thing you remember, not necessarily the museum tour. It's yeah. going to be the who you talked to when you went to the bar by yourself and <laughs> what were the locals like. Right. Um, but... I know that's an answer people usually want specific destinations. So um, I will say the Driftless area is a region I bring up a lot because I love it. And I think it's not talked about enough. I'm from, like I said, South Central Wisconsin. So the first time I drove through the Driftless area was like mind blowing to me. Have you spent any time? Okay. Are you from Wisconsin? No. Okay. East Coast originally. Okay. We've done a lot of exploring around Southeast Wisconsin, obviously living here, yeah. a little bit of Door County. Mm-hmm. And we recently actually had a winter wedding in Eagle River. Oh. So that was awesome. That's but very that cool. was kind of my first really big time exploring. Uh, yeah. I've done Madison, done kind of the yeah. Dallas area. Okay, too, so you've gone around. We, for we sure. try to do our best. Yeah. But there's certainly like all these different spots I need to check well, out. Well, and the Driftless, honestly, there's so many Wisconsinites that are like, what is the Driftless and where is it exactly? And it is, it's the unglaciated part of Wisconsin, it covers like mostly the southwestern corner. Mm. So the reason why it's unglaciated is because the glaciers never came through that area. They came through the rest of the state, which means that it, the glaciers never flattened the land mm. like the rest of Wisconsin. So when you drive through the, the driftless area, it's ridges and valleys and it's it just doesn't look like the Wisconsin I knew yeah. growing up. There's no, there's very few lakes there because it's very, you know, up. the topography is crazy, but there are a lot of really cool winding rivers, mm. a, a lot of um, several big Amish communities in that area. Um, not a lot of tourism, not a lot of people in general. So if you're looking for something more laid back, truly authentic, that's a region I would Definitely, rec- I've always loved filming yeah. anywhere from Mineral Point to Cashton to Potosi to Prairie du Chien. There's just so many cool places in that corner. That's a great idea. I'll yeah, have to add that a to little the road list. trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you? This is maybe more a big picture question, but do you kind of feel uh, your role as a little bit of an ambassador for your state? Right. You grew up here. You love it here, and and you have this opportunity to share it with so many people that might not know about the Driftless area. Yeah. About all these no, I definitely areas. do. And the irony of all of this is that when I was in college, I was so sure I was going to go to California, do LA and leave the state and go do my career out there or New York. And, you know, one thing led to another and I ended up getting this job and I was like, gosh, this is just, this is a job of a lifetime. In my opinion, I've got to do it. And so when I say that, I mean, I started the job liking where I was from, but what grew from there, it was like, this was meant to teach me some things too, which was, you know, my passion grew and grew and grew year after year. And now I, now I feel like I, I earned the title over time of being an ambassador, but I don't think I earned it right away. Hmm. I think I had to go meet all those amazing people, get to literally every corner of the state. And then I was like, wow, we have an incredible state, and I don't know that enough people know it. That's felt more purposeful than I ever thought it would yeah. have felt seven years ago when yeah. I took the job. It's neat how that mm-hmm. changes. Yeah. Uh, we'll get back to some of the quick hitters. So I'm 
obviously you could choose any number of places around the state, but yeah. if I give you one spot for each season, so we'll do spring, summer, fall, winter, mm-hmm. what comes to mind for that's a great destination or that's a great event to check out in each of those An event? four seasons? Okay. Either, either way you want to take it. Just something that's perfectly spring, summer, fall, winter. Okay. So I'll start with winter. The American Berkebiner mm, yeah. in Cable and Hayward was probably the coolest event I've ever filmed for the show. I actually took, so it's a cross-country ski race. It's the second longest, I think, I might need to fact check myself here, second longest in the world or in North America. Basically, it's a really long long race (laughs) and I could never do it myself, Um, but it's a cross-country ski race. I mean, some of the people who race this end up going to the Olympics. Like, it's huge. And just the the looks on their faces, like I still remember we had the camera set up at the finish line and just, you know, they had these guys with icicles hanging from their beards and they just did the race of their li- like their life. And there was tears, it was emotional. And they, they come in and they start in Cable, Wisconsin. They ski into um, down Main Street in downtown Hayward, which is the most Americana Northwoods Main Street. It's so beautiful in the winter. So to see them come in, the streets are lined with their cool. friends and family and all these spectators, thousands, ringing cowbells. I was like, it just like, I had chills watching this. I didn't know any of the racers, but I was like, man, they just did something they've been training for forever. It just, it was so cool. And even as a spectator, I feel like it's one of those races that's really fun for everyone. Yeah. Um, spring, I would say sturgeon spawning is actually mm. really cool up in the Menominee Nation area um, in Wisconsin. That's interesting because you're, you're essentially watching these prehistoric fish kind of come through the river and there's a point where you can come up and watch it and they're just it's bizarre to see these these huge prehistoric fish that have been around for that like years and years and years um come right up and they're like they're going through their spawning so it's really a fascinating if you're into like animals and science i think that's a really cool Cool. event summer oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) that's might be the hardest one right so much to choose from yeah pick a day pick an event (laughs) point your finger at the calendar and you're gonna find a cool event um I gotta, I got, I gotta say, Summerfest. I mean, to yeah. me, Milwaukee, and honestly, Milwaukee in general in the summer, I just, I'm constantly coming here for the events because they're so fun. We've, we did German Fest. That I had an absolute blast there. I, I would say, I know that's, you know, I'm, I'm naming a few different events for Milwaukee, but I think the city in general just yeah. does events like no other place. You won't find anyone arguing that no. around here, right? <laughs> no. Fall, I'm going to say Cranfest up in Warrens, Wisconsin. So Warrens is a tiny little town of just like a couple hundred people, like maybe two or three hundred. And every like the third weekend of September, they host this giant festival. Hundreds of thousands of people come and you can do like some fun antique and thrift shopping. They've got cranberry flavored everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. Uh, cranberry cream puffs were my personal favorite. Ooh, nice. And you can go out, go out to an actual bog and tour it, which I think is kind of a bucket list thing for yeah. a lot of folks in Wisconsin. I don't know if you know this or your listeners know this, but the cranberry is the state fruit. So up in that region, which is kind of west central-ish Wisconsin, there's cranberry bogs everywhere. So it's a very cool part of the yeah. culture there. Uh, this is usually a more Milwaukee-focused podcast. Obviously, yeah. this is great to get all, all this stuff around the state. But I'd be curious what stood out from some of the episodes or things that you've done around the area. You said Summerfest is, of course, a favorite in the festivals here in, in Milwaukee. But even if it's one of the, the surrounding areas to southeast Wisconsin, what comes to mind in terms of something that, that really uh, piqued your interest? You know, honestly, I think it. I think that the rest of the state thinks, and I hopefully I'm not overly generalizing, but they're thinking Milwaukee. 
and they just think Milwaukee with the art museum and Summerfest. And even I probably had that generalization in my head for a long time. So this season was particularly interesting because we featured many of the cities just outside Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. Waukesha, Burlington, Whitewater, if you want to count that one as a suburb. Um, We even Johnson Creek and uh, West Bend. So going, you know, visiting all of them and being like, this is not just Milwaukee's extension. This is, they all have their own identity and their own thing going on. I was particularly impressed by Waukesha. I loved Waukesha. That was part of our walk. uh, We did a Wisconsin's walking tour show, which also featured Burlington. And just the Les Paul connection in Waukesha was so cool. I think the downtown is gorgeous. The art murals they have everywhere. I was like, man, I, there's some really cool destinations just outside what people know as Milwaukee, yeah. you know, we're, that I think are worth visiting. Yeah, it's well said and something for people to look forward to this season as well. Yeah. All right, I'm going to keep the hard questions going. We're yeah. going to run through, uh, we know how great this state is for food, whether mm-hmm. it's old fashions, cheese curds, beer, oh, yeah, everything like that. <laughs> what comes to mind is some of the best bites, best meals you've had, maybe uh I don't know if you want to run through specific like, you know, burger, cheese curd, beer, things like that, Mm -hmm. or you just want to whatever comes to mind. Okay. So burgers, Pete's hamburgers in Prairie du Chien. This is this really cool, old fashioned hamburger stand in Prairie du Chien, which is very, very, very southwestern Wisconsin, if you're not familiar with where that city is. One of the oldest cities in the state of Wisconsin, so very um, cool town worth checking out. If you're a cheeseburger aficionado, you've got to make the trek out there. Um, I mean, I could talk all day about restaurants, <laughs> particularly in rest- in Madison and Milwaukee. Cheese curds in Teresa, Wisconsin, tiny little town. Um, they've got a cheese factory there, and that's not all they have, that's kind of what, that's what, what they, you see what when do. you drive yeah. through. That's what they do. A lot of the folks there work there. Um, and I walked into a bar there and ordered some cheese curds made out of brick cheese, which was a first for me, which, and they were just amazing. They were so good. I think they were featured in like a national publication cool. for how good they were. And Tress is a small little town with some cool historic connections to Milwaukee, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did we bring up? Favorite brewery? Oh, brewery. You um, don't have to pick a specific beer, but something that you've... Uh, um, again, going back to my comment about the people I've met, I specifically remember having a good time at Point Brewery in Stevens Point. Yeah. They, they gave me just a really fun tour of one of Wisconsin's oldest breweries, which was great. Um... I'm going to be honest and tell you my co-host, Eric Paulson, who's a Milwaukee native. Unfortunately, he gets all the brewery <laughs> segments, it seems like. They give me the wineries. Well, so I can talk about out. wineries. Yeah. Um, but Point Brewery was, Stevens Point has a really cool brewery scene. Cool. I will say that town in general. Obviously, Milwaukee and Madison yeah. do too. Anything kind of off the beaten path in terms of food that comes to mind? Something crazy you've tried, yes. you know, fair wide, you know, something like that. The Delta Diner. In Delta, Wisconsin, which is just outside of Cable. Now, to go there, you're when you say off the beaten path, I'm not kidding. It's off the beaten path. It's in Delta, which I think is unincorporated. Okay. It's like the only thing at Delta. But it's this really cool, old-fashioned diner. The guy and his wife, Todd is his name, the owner's name, and his wife. 
they're from Chicago and they just, they, I think they had this dream of starting their own thing out in the middle of nowhere and they did it and it's phenomenal food. I personally am a very nostalgic person. So I love like old fashioned diners. Like you sit at the, you sit up there, it's an open kitchen concept. So you're chatting with the the cooks and the chefs and you're ordering one out of nine things on the menu with your little shake. And I loved that spot. That was a really that's a really good one that I would wreck. I knew I met someone there who drove up from Janesville, which is south central Wisconsin. So they drove like four to five hours in one day to go eat there. And then they drove back that wow. night. That's how good the food is <laughs> That's there. the best review possible, right? <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I could probably do this for hours, but we should wrap this up because you've been very generous with the time. <laughs> but I wanted to ask, since you mentioned some of the international travel too, and that's something mm-hmm. that I, I enjoy, I love for sure. I've never traveled alone. So what was that experience like? Why did you choose to do it? And mm-hmm. what was it like just kind of throwing yourself out there with no uh, travel companion? Well, so I did one road trip out to... Um, where did I go? Montreal and kind of did a loop through Niagara Falls and came back. I was in my car. That was my first, I was like dipping my toe in to see how I would handle 11 days on the road by myself. And I, I liked it. I loved it actually. Um, but I had my car and I was, you know, so I was able to do a lot without, you know, public transportation is a lot of times people's biggest fear, one of their biggest fears when they go abroad. But then in December, I went over to Spain and France by myself for another, I think 11 day trip. And I, it was like the coolest trip I've ever done. I know a lot of people are like, you, why would you go by yourself? First of all, you have no one to argue with. Like you have no one to annoy you. I didn't get in any arguments with anyone because you're just by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. When you travel, like that is always something that happens. Sure. Like you get sick of the people you're with. It's hard. Um, I knew that would be something I could do whatever I wanted to do. I also think you just pay a lot closer attention to things when you're by yourself. Like yeah. you're just more introspective and you've got to talk to people in another language. I know some Spanish and a little bit of French. So I really had to put myself out there to try and figure out how to get around. And I just think the things you learn about yourself are just, you can't do it unless you hmm. go there alone. And I always tell people you'll survive it. Like you'll be fine. Like I, everyone freaks out leading up to it, but it's like, you you might be lonely at some points, but you're gonna come back and you're gonna say like that's the best thing I ever did. Yeah, yeah. I hi, I'm clearly a big advocate of solo travel. Hey, I'm right travel there with you. Not I haven't done solo, but right there with you at least when you it comes should. to travel. Give it a try. Um, yeah. Last last couple questions for you here. Mm-hmm. What's the the coolest or best story that comes to mind for your international travel or place that you've been that you would definitely recommend? And what's still on the bucket list? Top of the bucket list. So. Ooh, the coolest story internationally. Or just um, the place that you were like, wow, that's that was amazing. Well, I just got back from Costa Rica. And I honestly, I do always laugh at like the terrible travel moments. We ended up crashing our rental car into a bridge, <laughs> which sounds really <laughs> that sounds awful. traumatizing. Always get travel insurance. That's my, Noted. that's my thing. We had it, thankfully. But it's like getting through those, what I'll call, that was a hiccup for sure, a big hiccup. But getting through some of those trials and tribulations, I think, is what is very can be very rewarding about travel. Um, I and just attempting to speak the language in Costa Rica, I thought there would be more English speakers, and I ended up coming across a lot of folks who knew no English, and it was so stressful. But I also felt really proud yeah. of myself when I mimed my way through a conversation. <laughs> And did some caveman Spanish. Um, I went mi- mountain biking down there with a an American woman who was like, I guess she's world renowned in the mountain bike. I didn't know her, but um, now I researched her and she, she's very well known in the mountain biking 
community in the States and um, has won multiple awards. And like, those are the people you meet by accident when you go to some of the coolest places on the planet. As far as still on my bucket list, I'm trying to go to every continent. Nice. Antarctica is not high on my bucket list, but maybe someday. Um, but right now, I'd say what's high on my bucket list is Morocco and North Ooh, Africa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So we'll see. Hopefully next year. <laughs> of course. We're Cuba's coming up in two months. 20, so. 25 other locations I around know, Wisconsin like, as well. There's a lot I on the plate. After I go to Cable, Wisconsin, then I'm going to try to go to Morocco, <laughs> Africa. But you got to balance it out. Right? There you go. I love it. You can certainly tell your passion for the job you have. Thank yeah, you so thanks. much for the time. Uh, Discover Wisconsin here on Fox 6 every Sunday at 10 a.m. Yeah. And the podcast is The Cabin. You can mm-hmm. check that out. Download it wherever. Mariah, this has been a pleasure. Likewise. Thanks for having me. That is now the end of the road for this episode of Definitely Milwaukee. Thank you once again to Mariah for hanging out with us. Definitely a few great recommendations to add to my list there and hopefully yours as well. A reminder, if you want more from Definitely Milwaukee, please make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service, leave us a rating and a review, and also check out Open Record from the Fox 6 Investigators. They're doing a daily series about the coronavirus pandemic that has been excellent, informative material. A thank you as well to the two people you don't hear from behind the scenes, Sarah Smith and Dave Machuda, who make all these podcasts possible here at Fox 6. And a reminder, you can download any of the latest episodes anytime at foxsixnow.com. We'll be right back.